Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Game Time Decisions presents the DFS Lineup Lock Hour, sponsored by DailyRoto.com. Game Time Decisions, Red Heat and Rage Radio, Lineup Lock Live. I'm Gabriel Morenci. Cam Stewart off the King. Scott Engel is in. Uh, we had uh, it was interesting talking about these Hall of Fame, the Hall of Fame debate. Actually, Hall of Famers, it's sort of you know right away. You know, it's it's a yes or no. Whenever you have to start studying it and wondering, then the guy's not a Hall of Famer. So we're talking about Eli Manning, Tony Romo, Philip Rivers. I brought up, I brought up uh, Lashawn McCoy just as we were going to the break. And a lot of people in the chat are saying LaShawn McCoy is not a Hall of Famer. Yet, if you look at uh, LaShawn McCoy and his numbers, every running back ever to rush for 12,000 yards or more is in the Hall of Fame. He's real close to it. Terrell Davis was like the exception. And LaShawn is obsessed with this. Now, if you look at where LaShawn is in, in the grand scheme of things, and it's, it's pretty crazy. Like, you know, he doesn't get credit for it, but LaShawn McCoy just turned 30 in, in July this past year. Only seven players in NFL history had more yards uh, from scrimmage in their 20s than LaShawn McCoy. Barry Sanders, Marshall Falk, LaDainian Tomlinson, Emmett Smith, Edron James, Jim Brown, and Walter Payton. Say what you will about LaShawn McCoy, but his numbers put him in pretty lofty territory. Let's bring Ricky Sanders in right now, and we'll give Ricky one quick crack, and then we'll get into DFS. LaShawn McCoy, is he a Hall of Famer in your opinion, Ricky? Yeah, I mean, judging by that company that he's in, I think he is. I mean, sometimes people forget. It's like if you talk to people about him now, uh, they'll give you the he's trash argument, but they forget, you know, that long stretch of his career where he was so dominant and so good. And, I mean, even McCoy now, uh, has the warrior mentality this week. He's supposedly, you know, going to play through an injury that he retweaked early in the week. So I just love that mentality. And I mean, you kind of got his numbers in front of me. Uh, he's in pretty good company. So I think longevity means something in the NFL, especially at a position that's got like a three-year average uh, where people last. So if you last and you're good, I am completely fine with you as a Hall of Famer. Scott, quick on LaShawn. Yeah, I think he's not going to get in because people have a certain perception of him. You know, they, they, you know, he's never won a big game. You know, they, people always stick, you know, the Super Bowl tags on them or whatever. But you make a really good case. He's more versatile than some of these running backs that you're talking about. That 2011 season, he actually scored 20 touchdowns from scrimmage. You know, he was very, very versatile and very, very good 
for a long stretch. And look, if he gets healthy again, who knows what he may have left as well. So LaShawn McCoy, I think ultimately I'd look it over and he'd get my vote. But I think there's going to be a lot of people that won't vote for him because I don't think people ever thought of him as the best of the best. I know. You know what's crazy? I might be wrong. I saw that the other night. I think it was during the Patriot and Lion game because they had LeGarrette Blunt fourth fourth quarter rushing yards. I believe it was him. Well, LaShawn McCoy also leads the NFL over like the last four years in fourth quarter rushing yards, which is an impressive stat. But let's jump in and talk DFS right now. Um, Mahomes not in the Millie Maker uh, lineup, um, you know, card because uh, that's a Monday nighter. Uh, quarterback, uh, pretty basically, you can pick any quarterback you want this week, couldn't you, Ricky? I'm looking at DraftKings right now, but similar with FanDuel as far as the quarterback pricing is concerned. No quarterbacks really through the roof uh, this week. How are you approaching the quarterbacks this week? Are you looking to, for the top-tier guys, or are you looking for some value? I mean, if it's been anything like the weeks that we've seen so far, you just need to pick the guys from the highest total games. Uh, I mean, these game stacks have been ridiculous. You know, I write uh, that tournament review for Daily Roto, and basically the players in some of the you know top two highest projected total games have been the ones winning it for you. Uh, and if you're looking for safety this week, Vegas, I mean, the over in this Atlanta-Cincy game has been pounded all week long. It's gone up five and a half points. The Bengals' total itself has gone up over three. So I think focusing, I mean, if we're talking cash games here, you know, New York in the, uh, New Orleans and the Giants, that's a high team total. But, like, Atlanta-Cincy, man, uh, it's really hard to get away from these guys. Another week of Matt Ryan, I think, is a, is a really safe play here. Uh, I mean, we have Matt Ryan, you know, projected to to hit value rather easily. Uh, we have him as our third projected value on Daily Road. There's a little bit of rushing attempt to him. He's got Calvin Ridley emerging. He's got a ton of solid options now. And, you know, Tevin Coleman hasn't really been able to get it going. So I think if you're looking for safety, you can go there. In tournaments, you're right. It is completely wide open. Again, if we're playing trends, you want the guys from, you know, the exact – games with the top totals, but I think there are other interesting ways to go this week. Scott? Ricky, uh, Scott, Eng- Scott Engel, always good to talk to you, my friend. Uh, you know, glad to see you doing regular stuff here on Daily Roto. Well-deserved. And, you know, you talk about, you know, that Atlanta-Cincinnati game. Uh, Andy Dalton's only 7,400. Look, Dalton's as erratic as anybody. We've seen it the last two weeks, you know, four touchdowns in one game and four interceptions in another. And I've seen games with Dalton where he has a good matchup and he play he plays like a dud. He has a bad matchup and he, he plays well. But I think tournament-wise, especially on FanDuel, only at 7,400, especially if you're running multiple lineups out there, you know, and, and you, you know, using, using the, you know, the lineup builder on Daily Roto, uh, I think you've got to like Andy Dalton when you're talking about that game. Yeah, I mean, you have a defense that is really beaten down already in Atlanta. There were two season-enders in that uh, first week, including uh, their best coverage linebacker. And the way to target this Atlanta team, I mean, especially the last few weeks, has been running backs in the passing game. It has been insane that you've seen uh, Alvin Kamara 20 targets. I think it was 15 receptions. The week before, Christian McCaffrey 14 receptions. Like, to put it in perspective, Uh, The NFL has seen a running back catch 14-plus passes six times. Three of those have come this year. Two of those have come in back-to-back weeks against the Falcons. So uh, if Giovanni Bernard's going to get it done, it's very likely going to be in the passing game as well. So 
Uh, I think he could catch a ton of passes, and that's before you look at the favorable matchups for all the corners. I mean, A.J. Green profiling well. Uh, Boyd out of the slot has one of the best individual matchups of the week, according to Pro Football Focus. So I find it hard to believe this is not going to be a good week for Andy Dalton. Well, uh, Corey Parsons, Scott, has been busting your balls all day about Eli Manning and Goff, and you and I were just talking about Manning, whether he's a Hall of Famer or not. $5,600 over at DK. That's the one game, and you mentioned it. It's sort of been kind of obvious. The Kansas City games and, you know, the other higher projected games. We got, uh, we got, we got that Bengals and Falcon game. But do you feel, Ricky, that that game's going to be a track meet? Do you think Eli Manning is worth a shot here at 56? Yeah, I mean, the question is, can New Orleans hold up their end of the bargain on the road? Uh, we know they've been a very good team in the Dome. Uh, I think this team does have the talent now to hold their own here. I mean, this this Saints defense has been nothing to write home about. Saquon Barkley looks like he's a true workhorse. I mean, we have him projected for numbers already that are, you know, in terms of workload, uh, I mean, David Johnson-esque, Ezekiel Elliott-esque, plus he's, uh, you know, the market share, 20.5%. If you look at running backs this week on FanDuel in the main slate, they're exactly two guys we have for 20% of the market share of the targets. Uh, that would be Alvin Kamara and Saquon Barkley and not a single other player. So <laughs> that's looking good. Um, I mean, you've got Manning with multiple receivers and their third receiver out. So I think we're talking about a pretty condensed passing out offense. I mean, uh, no Evan Ingram either. So you know where the ball's going to go in terms of, you know, stacking this team, which is really, really important. I mean, last week, even if you were on the Falcons, uh, I'm not told that it was a, a, a sure thing that you were going to be on Calvin Ridley. This week, if you're on the Giants, the football's going to Odell Beckham, and it's going to Sterling Shepard. So I think it's a really interesting tournament stack because we've got an offense that's looking to me like it's very easy to predict where all the volume's going to go. And on DraftKings, uh, you got that PPR, you know, the the added boost of it being a full point compared to FanDuel. So it's a really, really enticing spot if we can see a ton of receptions for both these guys. Yeah, then then you look at the fact that – that Shepard's only 6,200 on FanDuel. You have to like it. Look, I'm no Benjamin Watson fan. You know, the guy uh, last year between weeks 2 and 16 had one game over 45 yards, I think. You know, had a decent game last, last week. But, you know, if we're going to talk about this Giants-Atlanta game, you know, the, the Giants are still bad against the tight end. And then you're looking at Benjamin Watson on FanDuel for 5,200. Yeah, I mean, if you were to have looked at the winning lineup last week uh, at some of these contests, I think it was the $3 on DraftKings, uh, Benjamin Watson was part of a four-man change stack. I don't think people realize that, but, like, Eric Ebron was the chalk and he didn't hit. And Ben Watson's been completely usable uh, this season pretty quietly. I mean, he's really old, obviously, uh, but we still have him for about 11.1% of the market share, and what you need with him as a touchdown, uh, 12.4% of the market share of receiving touchdowns we haven't projected for just to give you an idea of somewhere around there. It's about a full percentage point less than someone like OJ Howard, who people have been targeting. And obviously uh, the game flow here is going to be favorable. So yeah, people have been sleeping on him. But again, last week that four man saints, it's another concentrated offense, breeze, Camara, Thomas and Watson was a winner. All right. Let's talk about the running back uh, position here. You mentioned uh, Gio Bernard seems to be in a nice spot against uh, the Atlanta Falcons here. Uh, Melvin Gordon, Elliott, you got Barkley. 
Any of these sleepers, um, any, you know, sort of a lower-tier guy. And Actually, he's not a lower-tier guy. We were talking about David Johnson earlier. You know, we keep, you know, we take calls all the time, people playing season-long, and should I trade David Johnson? Should I give up on him? You know, what's your take on, on David Johnson moving forward here, Ricky? Well, I think in this game, you could finally have some hope with him. Because, I mean, what has been plaguing this team is, A, how bad the offense has been, but, B, they can't dominate the time of possession. They're, they're dead last in time of possession. They're three minutes less, basically, uh, than the Indianapolis Colts. But they're facing a team this week, the Seattle Seahawks, with a bad offensive line, and they're 27th in time of possession. So if we can get a game where we're talking about kind of even amount of, you know, each team possessing the ball, and that might be, you know, even pushing it. But if we can get them close to, you know, 30 minutes, 28 minutes, something like that over their season average, uh, we can actually see what David Johnson can do. The issue with David Johnson this year is they're just not running routes with him. I mean, heading into this week, he had run as many routes as Dalvin Cook, and Dalvin Cook had missed a game. Uh, he was right there with Jordan Howard, who's not known as a pass-catching back. So, the, I mean, this team is not using him like I feel they should be. Uh, he should be near the top with guys like Kamara, Barkley, McCaffrey, and he is way down there in terms of routes run. So the coaching staff doesn't, for some reason, view him as a top-tier receiver. At least they haven't used him that way, and that to me makes him a risky proposition regardless of how long they have the ball. Sticking at running back, Karrion Johnson is 5700 on FanDuel. He's a uh, lesser price than guys like Deion Lewis and Alfred Morris and Bilal Powell for First running back since 2013, a 70-game stretch to go over 100 yards last week. I think volume is always going to continue to be an issue with him in the near future, but Dallas is without Sean Lee this week. And you don't take someone in the second round, right? What, 42nd overall, not to give him the football, I don't think. Yeah. Yeah, we that's actually been a common topic of discussion in our daily roto slack. Uh, carry on Johnson this week. Where to just where to project him? Because we thought we were pretty bullish on him, uh, but there's no reason. I kind of agree is that like he needs to keep getting the football. If you've been watching this team, uh, he's passed the eye test. He's kind of the most versatile of them all. Uh, Riddick's the pass catcher. I mean, Blunt the short yardage guy, and Johnson can do both. So. So where we finally ended up on him at the end of the week is 50% of the market share and 44% of the market share of rushing touchdowns, which is pretty comparable to some guys that I also think you should be considering this week. Uh, To give you a comparison of guys around 50%, someone like LaShawn McCoy we have projected there, someone like Kenyon Drake. So this is a guy who's a legitimate option, and you take out you know, a solid linebacker like that, and it's really difficult not to like him. I mean, this this modern day in the NFL, you're going to be dealing with some form of committee. At least if you take the most talented guy, you can feel good that he should be touching the football. A lot of people think that um, Deshaun Watson and Hopkins and Houston are going to go off this week. People have been, you know, hoping this on a weekly basis. I, I drafted Deshaun Watson. I took him a little too high, too, and it's going to screw me um, in the end probably. They've been underachieving this offense, but when you look at this game, Ricky, how do you know? Do you expect a track meet? What what kind of game are you looking at? And are, does anyone on the Colts and Texans intrigue you at all? Well, with Deshaun Watson, what you have to look for is the pass rush against him because the offense is so so. The offensive line is so so bad. Uh, the reason I liked you know them last week is I thought Will Ford. Uh, had enough time to get open against the Giants team that was, I think it was 29th in sacks. It was They had four sacks in three weeks. 
and this Colts team, another team with just a mediocre pass rush here. Uh, so I think it's got to be another game where you like Watson, another game with a pretty decent table, and he can get it done with his legs. I mean, we saw it last week. Um, you know, just having that stable floor in a week without Cam Newton, I think you have to like it here. It's basically with Deshaun Watson for me going to be this season. If a team has an upper echelon pass rush against him, you can't consider him because he's going to have no time. And if they don't, he's going to be a fine option each week. I mean, this Colts secondary is, is not scaring me. And we actually have Watson as our best value for cash games on FanDuel this week. Interesting. Wow, I, I actually I actually got to disagree with you guys because, you know, the, uh, the, the Colts defense has played better than people have expected. They have 10 sacks so far. That's fourth in the NFL. And, uh, you know, the the, uh, the Texans has get, have given up 10 sacks, you know, which is among the league leaders. I think this Colts defense has been very, very underrated, and I actually like them on FanDuel at 3,600. I like the Colts to win the game for betting purposes, too. All right, we got one minute. I like that defense. We got one minute. You can find Ricky Sanders over at Daily Roto. And, of course, don't forget, guys, seven millionaires have been made. Uh, with the uh, the subscribers at Daily Roto. Ricky, is there one player we didn't ask you about you want to throw out there so you seem like an even smarter guy than people already think you are? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love Geronimo Allison this week. Geronimo Allison is my guy in tournaments. Yeah. I mean, seeing this news on Randall Cobb, uh, the fact that he may or may not play is only boosting my projection on him. You look at last week, Tredavious White shadowed Stefan Diggs, kind of shut him down. I think that's going to be the case with Adams. So if you condense that market share, give me all the Geronimo Allison this week. Ricky Sanders, DailyRoto.com. Great, great stuff as always, Ricky. Thanks for the time, bro. Thanks, Ricky. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Ricky Sanders. Right, I'm going to fire a couple of players off at the King on the other side. We'll talk more football, football, football. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Lineup, lock, live. Game time decisions. Red Heat and Rage Radio. I'm Gabriel Morenci. Scott the King Engel steps up and in and pinch hits uh, for the Raging Redhead, uh, Cam Stewart. We're talking uh, fantasy football, betting on football, and uh, more football. Um, I want to ask you about, um, we didn't really get into the tight ends too much, uh, but um, I want to ask you about Safarian Jenkins, who's pretty much coming in on the minimum on, on both sites. I think with uh, 46 on FanDuel, 3,000. On on DraftKings, um, the snaps are there. He's on the field a lot. They don't really have a lot of people to throw to. Uh, the Jets have been burnt by uh, by tight ends. Um, it's a revenge spot. Any any love there, Scott at all? Yeah, yeah, I could see it. But you know, the one thing is, is like it's more of a cash game play than a tournament play because yeah. he's very touchdown dependent. 
and he's not going to uh you know he's not going to get a lot of a lot of yardage there so uh yeah it's all or nothing it's 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 really all or nothing so well you know to win the big money you sort of need that random guy like in week one the the skip hitter guy no one had deshaun jackson who the hell saw that coming well, I'll give you a random guy tight end for this week as long as, you know, the knee holds up fine. I think, uh, you know, Jason Kroom, uh from, uh, from your Buffalo Bills is interesting. You know, the yep. guy is undrafted, but he's got some speed, and the Packers have been vulnerable to tight ends. And, you know, Josh Allen really doesn't have any playmakers, and it seems like he's already taken a liking to Kroom. So, you know, only $4,000 on FanDuel. You know, I might roll him out in the tournament or two. All right, so... I brought it up earlier. Corey's been busting your balls all day about Eli Manning and Goff. So what do you think bust, of Manning? Bust, busting my balls about it? Yeah, yeah. Well, he's, he's cracking on Michelle, too. But Michelle just blame you, right? Oh, because uh, I sat Goff for Eli Manning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. In, in the Carton League. Now, now I know what you're talking about. <laughs> exactly. but, but, you know, nobody saw five touchdown passes against Minnesota coming. You know, I guess Corey's into revisionist history, but that's the kind of thing you do when you have a five and eleven lifetime record against me. <laughs> yeah, but uh, look, you know, no, I don't think any I expected that from Goff. Wasn't it just yesterday that Corey was was saying that that Jared Goff is like a bus driver and a game manager? Yeah, he was going through this so today. He, actually, I had yeah, to disagree he, with him so, on that. I called him out on that one. Yeah, so, but look, any NFL quarterback is going to be good when you surround him with all that play calling and all that talent, but he was also making incredible throws into tight windows that I think that that, that you got to give him credit for. But look, Eli's playing in a shootout with a, with a high implied total, and it wouldn't surprise me, you know, with Odell Beckham and Sterling Shepard and Saquon Barkley, that he throws three touchdown passes. Well, we don't think that um, – I basically said, wow, he's not going to throw 400 yards again, but I bet on the overprop. I'm talking about Ryan Fitzpatrick. Ryan Fitzpatrick prop was like 275.5 passing yards on Monday night, Scott, against the Steelers. I said, well, I don't think he's going to throw 400 yards again, but he doesn't need to for me to win this bet. Well, he threw for yeah. 300 yards again. So he's thrown for 417, 402, 411. There's not a lot of guarantees in this world, but – he ain't throwing for 400 yards against his Bears defense at Soldier Field. What's your take on Fitz, who's just been a um, a DFS warrior, and people keep thinking, well, he can't do it again, so they don't own him, and then the people that have been sticking with him and really, really cashing in. What, what do you make of Fitz this week? Because I think he does sort of struggle. I think this is a lower-scoring game. I don't think not every game Tampa plays in is going to end up being um, – you know, forty-one, thirty-eight, or whatever the hell their their scores have been. What do you make of Fitz this week? Are you are you buying or selling? No, I'm off for of him. And like a lot of people didn't believe him, even after week one, he was still on the free agent list in a lot of leagues. Uh, I don't think you like him this week. I'm taking an under on this game too. It's I don't like this as a fantasy game either because. Like, look, Tampa Bay has a bad pass defense, but Mitchell Trubisky is looking like one of the worst starting quarterbacks in the NFL if right now. If you want to talk about like a manager or a bus driver, yeah, he's the bus yeah. driver. Like, he's he, not. He yeah. can run. You remember Cliff Stout? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's You're like. Comparing uh, him to Cliff Stout. It, Cliff Stout, he runs for more yards. It's like old school football there, but he runs for more yards than he throws. And I don't think they can take advantage of the matchups here. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, you know, they traded up for Trubisky, too. And, you know, the, the, a lot of things that Pace has done, the GM, has been pretty nice. He's made some pretty good decisions. 
you know, it was aggressive to get Mac, but the Rokon Smith draft pick. There's been some nice draft picks along the way, but trading up, part of being, you know, the draft isn't just evaluating talent, but it's it's gauging. It's like poker. You got to know what the other guys at the table are doing. And they really screwed up in, in trading up because no one else was trading up to get Trubisky. They could have got him anyways. Well, look, you know, we're looking at it in, in a second-year vacuum. You know, if he's playing better in two years, you know, it, it'll look worth it. So I don't want to be reactionary, you know, when the guy is really, you know, just played a little bit over a Is year. he surrounded with elite and talent as well? Does he have a ton of weapons? He doesn't have the same weapons talent? Jared Goff well, has. Allen Robinson is an elite talent. Trey Burton's never started before. Anthony Miller is injured, and he's a rookie. rookie. What elite talent That's is he? That's what I'm sound? saying. Jordan, Jordan Howard's a pretty good running back. Uh, sort of regressed uh, a little I bit think, I think too. they're misusing Tariq Cohen, but... Look, he is dragging the offense down, but you know it's, he's not surrounded by the type of playmakers Goff had. He does. They don't. Matt Nagy is supposedly a good play caller, but I don't know how much we've seen of that yet. Uh, it's, look, everybody progresses at a different rate here. You get some rookie quarterbacks that come in, and you know they they light the world on fire immediately. But then you have others you know, who they maybe they sit for a year and they play like Mahomes, or they they sit for a few years. I, I don't think you see that much of that in the NFL anymore, where a guy sits for a few years, like back in the day, like in the eighties and the nineties. But I don't think we could write Trubisky off just yet because we've also seen quarterbacks have a tremendous first year and then they Too stick early in his career that. right off for sure. What do you make of Tannehill from DFS purposes this week taking on the Pats? You you know, will they be playing from behind? You and I both think it could be a closer game. Tannehill's numbers, I mean, they're managing them, right? 17 to 23, 17 to 23, 20 to 28. But uh, the touchdowns have been nice. Seven touchdowns, just two interceptions on the year. He's averaging 20 fantasy points a game. Are they playing from behind here? Is Tannehill worth a look at uh, in the 5,500 range? I don't think so. There's really no upside there. I'd rather spend up for 74 for Andy Dalton, you know, with, with more upside, yeah. more playmakers. I mean, how long can they do this with the mirrors of Albert Wilson and Jakeem Grant? You know, they've been hitting, they've been hitting some big plays here, but – uh, I just detect no upside with Tannehill because I don't think you're going to get a lot of yardage even if you get three touchdowns. All right, so looking at the wide receiver position, um, you know, normally they just have Antonio Brown listed as number one at Daily Road all the time. It's like Antonio Brown, <laughs> Antonio Brown, Michael he Thomas, flipped. Odell yeah. Beckham, Antonio Brown comes in at three. And, you know, Antonio Brown, I mean, I'm not criticizing the guy. The guy's out there, but... There's more targets now. They seem to spread the ball around. And quite frankly, for the the extremely high DFS price you're paying, the results haven't been there with Antonio Brown. You're not getting the money back. You're not getting, and you, you spent a lot of money for it. I mean, he's not terrible, but the, the touchdowns just aren't there. Yeah, like you, you're satisfied in seasonal because you're still getting a pretty good floor, but you want upside in wide receiver. If, you know, if you're playing daily and there's like just, an Adam Thielen upside enough, right now, there, right? He's crushing it. There, 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 yeah, there's, there, there's not enough upside there. I mean, if you want to, you really want to spend up in that range, uh, you know, take a shot on Julio Jones, you know, maybe hitting 150 yards against the Cincinnati Bengals for like 8,600 or, you know, Devontae Adams for 8,000 on FanDuel is going to get in the end zone. Well, we saw Juju Smith-Schuster uh, the other night. What was it? Nine catches? More catches than Antonio Brown had. We've seen the Steelers never reluctant to do that. Didn't they push Mike Wallace out for Antonio Brown, remember? 
Like, they've always sort of set up the next guy to take over. Um, and I'm not saying it's happening right now, but we can't deny that Schuster's cutting into A.B. a little bit here. Schuster's getting better and better on a weekly basis. Yeah, he is. But, you know, I, I know they took him off the injury report, but I would keep an eye on that abdomen injury and see, uh, you know, how that affects him. Yeah, we got to keep our eye as well. You brought up uh, Kroom, who um, got in the end zone last week. Kroom. Um, he's now officially questionable for this football <laughs> That's game. That's the last name that makes me think of, like, the Conan movies. Crom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Con! Wrath of Con was on TV the other night. <laughs> yeah. Plus, plus, you know, just real quick, I'm going to be watching baseball tonight because, uh, you know, D- David Wright's going to pinch hit tonight, and then he's got his final game yeah, tomorrow. Yeah. You know, David's like a personal friend of mine, and just you know, it's it's going to be something special to see. I know everybody's so focused on football, but you know, one of the truly good guys in sports, real class you know, act in the first, New York sports scene, huh? hand, You know, I know that firsthand. You know, just a real all time class. So you're going to get out to the park know, tomorrow? Is that your plan? Because you have to work tonight. I imagine I, like you were probably even going to go tonight. Did 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 Cardano ruin your I night can't. by making you make you do the show with me? No, working with you could never be ruining my night. But, look, I was going to go see a Kiss tribute band tonight. Can't do it. Got to do more work after this. And tomorrow night I got to write, you know, so I'll be watching it on TV. And, uh, you know, I already, already said my, my goodbyes. To, well, well my, my at City Field goodbye to, to David earlier this week. But we're going to be in touch because he's a big fantasy football player. And, uh, you know, that that's always going to be a bomb between us. And that that's the great thing about fantasy sports is it brings you relationships you never thought you had. I'd never be friends with David Wright if it wasn't for fantasy sports. Um, really, it's, it's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, what uh, we can have in common with someone, as you stated. So Keenan Allen now listed as questionable for this football game, which, yeah, there's a shock. I saw this one coming in. You know, one of the smart things that I did, that I thought I did at least, and we'll see you know, if it pays off in the end, is I drafted Mike Williams late. And I saw him sitting there, and nobody was taking him. And, you know, you look, and, you know, the targets aren't massive, but the guy's a playmaker. And I like to look at where guys were drafted or what, what, what kind of contract they got. And I was high on Brandon Cooks coming into the year. And I draft. I got Cooks on two of my teams. I got Mike Williams on two of my teams. And people are like, why do you like Cooks so much? Why do you like Cooks so much? And I said, they didn't give this guy $83 million and a $52 million. They gave him a $50 million bonus. He got $50 million guaranteed. They, they didn't give him this money not to think that he's good and to get him the damn football. And same thing with Mike Williams. Number one, I think Keenan Allen's injury prone. Number two, you don't draft a guy seventh overall not to throw him the damn football on a team that throws a football all the time. So now with Keenan Allen banged up, what's your take on Williams coming into the week? But it's almost like he's getting too trendy right now, but he is still pretty cheap. Make sure you listen to the on-demand version of Roto Experts in the morning, today and every Friday when we have Dr. A from Inside Injuries on because he's so important. Oh, he's so good, He yeah. says Keenan Allen, yeah, Keenan Allen knows has a history of these injuries. And their optimal recovery time for him on, on InsideInjuries.com is to sit out another week with the knee here. It's a minor knee injury, but he said any minor, minor knee injury for uh, Keenan Allen is not the same as a minor knee injury for another player. Mike Williams is, you know, he's already arrived as that number two wide receiver that they've been seeking across 
from uh, from Keenan Allen. You know, not only is he a great red zone target, we could see that on the tape coming the out. Physicality, of college, but, yeah. You know, the, the physicality and that that beautiful you know lay, layout catch that he made last week. Mike Williams has already arrived as a fantasy player. He is a must start in seasonal leagues as a wide receiver three. And if you're going to be running stacks, he's a great complementary play to like you know your Cincinnati Atlanta game stack or your Giants. Uh, your, your giant Saints game stack because you got to pick out those complimentary players from other games, and Mike Williams is a terrific one. I'm a big fan of his tough kid. He had injury, been nasty injury at Clemson, but he's fought through. And because of the injury situations, people kind of backed off him uh, a little bit. You know, CJ Beathard, what are you expecting from uh, from Beathard? And we can't top Mick Austin, uh, Mick Austin calling him a beat hard. <laughs> so. Um, hard. Real, yeah. real quick on Mike Williams, though, I think he's going to be better than the last two Mike Williams, big yeah. Mike Williams from the Lions and the other one from Tampa Bay. But, uh, you know, CJ Beathard, you know, he's he, he's he, he had one good game last year, I think. You know, he's 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 another Trubisky uh, stout kind of player where, he you know, he might run for, you know, for more than uh, than he passes. Uh, you mentioned Jordan Howard. Um, you got Jordan Howard taking on Tampa's uh, defense. James Conner. Conner's been a nice plug-in, but he's starting to get a little bit more expensive uh, right now. Although, I tell you what, I do think the Pittsburgh-Baltimore game is going to be a high-scoring game, Scott. I, I I like the over in that game. Baltimore now 12 for 12 in the red zone, too. Yeah, they have the they have the they have the ninth uh, best passing game, and they're averaging about two hundred ninety five you know, passing yards per game. And no uh, no team has given up more uh, more fantasy points to opposing running backs, uh, opposing quarterbacks than the Pittsburgh Steelers. And he's really taken to John Brown, uh, you know, as as a playmaker here. I mean. Michael Crabtree has yet to go over 60 yards, but it's wonderful to see that, you know, that John Brown is healthy and he's really developed a connection uh, with, you know, with his new quarterback there, which is all of a sudden, you know, re- rediscovered the ability, you know, to, to throw down the field here. So, uh, you know, I'm like, I'm like a Jerron Brown, you know, as a daily and a seasonal play this week. When we were, um, we were talking about the Dolphins at a Patriots game earlier, I talked about Rob Gronkowski being a step slower. You know, the guy's had some numerous injuries and surgeries. Seems to be catching up a little bit. I think he's he gets frustrated. You can tell he's visibly frustrated on the field. He knows they tried to trade him. I mean, they acknowledged it. You know, they wanted to trade him a couple of times, and they tried to trade him to Detroit. And he said, "I I would retire." I think there's there's some um, there's definitely a lot of cracks in the relationship with Gronkowski and the Patriots. I think, and you can see his frustration sort of growing. Seven of eight. I mean, he caught four or five targets last week, but you know where are the yards? You know what I mean? You know where are the yards? Fifty-one yards. Seven of eight in week one, but you combine it the last two weeks only twelve uh, DFS points. Uh, Daily Roto has him projected to be the top and highest scoring. Um, tight end this week after Travis Kelsey, but that game's on Monday night, so we're not counting it. What's your take on Gronkowski uh, moving forward here, Scott? I think things are going to open up for him. Again, football's a team game. Once Edelman oh, and, uh, Brown and uh, Gordon get out there? Yeah, Tom Brady carries the Patriots. You know, Quarterbacks carry the team. They don't. Every good look. Some quarterbacks can make the the receivers around them better, but at some point, you know, if you you're missing most of your playmakers, you're going to get bogged down. And you know that's what that's what's happened. You know, they teams have been able to like 
basically put 10 guys on Gronk, you know, and uh, not worry about anybody else. You're not going to worry about Philip Dorsett, you know, and and guys like that. You know, there's nobody else in the – Hogan's been a big, big disappointment so far. He's been a huge disappointment. Uh, you thought Hogan was going to take some pressure off him. It hasn't happened. If you could never count on Josh Gordon for anything, I think. I think uh, you know, for all we know, he'll play one game and they'll get in trouble again. Edelman coming back is going to be big for them. Yeah, it's, it is going to be massive. It is. It is going to be massive. Uh, getting Edelman back, Brady. Brady looks old at times, and then he regains it again. And you think, oh, he's slipping a little bit. He's yeah. slipping a little bit. He started slow before. Yeah, I know. Remember that game a few years ago against the Chiefs and everybody thought he was done on Monday Night Football? Yeah. All right, we'll take a break. we got one last segment. we got Scout Radio coming up a little bit later on. We'll get into some NFL best bets. We'll throw some college football picks out here for tonight. We'll talk a little bit baseball, uh, more fantasy football, that and more with Morency and Engel. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your Daily Roto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Without a doubt, the best time of the sports year is is now, coming up right now. And we got NFL football, college football. College football always matters, but we're in the conference play, massive games. NFL football games start to matter here as well. Uh, NHL hockey, they're dropping the puck. Major League Baseball playoffs. We can go on and on. Um, but NASCAR the playoffs. What's that? NASCAR playoffs NASCAR here, right? NASCAR playoffs. NASCAR yeah. playoffs. Uh, and the NBA's around the corner. But um, you know they have that like midnight madness stuff in college, and they you know they open up the season at you know and they have a big party, etc. Memphis is going over the top here with their new coach, Little Penny, Penny Hardaway. Except it sounds like they're trying to squeeze as many douchebags as possible into the stadium, into the arena, in one night. Justin Timberlake and Drake, like I, you know, like really, like Drake. Is there like a basketball team you're not a fan of? <laughs> like. Yeah, does it? Whoever wins, he like shows up, right? Yeah, but the thing with he's Drake kinda, is, dude, I thought you were he's, Kentucky. He's kind of he's kind of yeah. like Corey. He's a front runner. Yeah, I've called Corey a front runner. He gets upset with that. I'm like, dude, you like the Cowboys, the Yankees? Like, you know, like how can you not be a front? He, oh, he yeah, he's a Golden State Warrior fan. He started now. rooting for the Warriors like 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 15 minutes ago. Yeah, he should have heard today. Like, he dropped. What uh, is he like? You would like this guy like, today. Go- he said the Atlanta Braves are his National League team. <laughs> It was the Nationals, but they never won a playoff series. So, you know, people who do that, you know, they always want to associate themselves with a winner. But the one thing that is preventing him from being the front runner is the Cowboys, though. They they haven't been really that good in, like, about 22 years. No, no. I, I compare the Cowboys yeah. to the Montreal Canadiens. Um, sort of a yeah. franchise that makes a lot of money but fleeces its fans on past history and yesteryear and – you know, folklore stories of, you know, from 30 and 40 years ago, et cetera. So yeah, there has been franchise. They are. Yeah. And let's be real. Jerry Jones doesn't know what America's he's doing America's team anymore. is the Patriots. 
America's team is the Patriots. Not only are they called the Patriots, but America's team is the team that everybody loves to talk about, right? Yeah. That they either love or they hate. That they You're right. Don't like the Cowboys weren't any America's sort of, team because everyone loved yeah, them. You're they right. Because they were America's team because everyone either loved the, or hated about the them. the Patriots. You talk about the Patriots, they don't draw they draw a reaction in everybody. It's positive or negative. There's no middle ground. And no team is talked more about on social media than New England Patriots. I don't know what to do with this Detroit game, this Detroit and Dallas game. We talked about I like the under. We you know the, the Dallas play ball possession. I don't know who are Detroit, Scott. Who are Detroit? What, what do you expect from Detroit? We don't know. I I, I don't know. Like especially coming off the short week. They well, they played Sunday night. An emotional win against the, you know his mentor and the Pats. This is a really tough game for me. This game. Yeah, I you know I I was saying it before in the first hour. You know, if, if when we were talking the game time decisions, that I like Dallas here. You know, and I also take the, I'll I'll also take them with the points. Uh, you know, I think they're favorites. So I'll lay the points with Dallas here because you know the uh, the Lions have the worst rush defense in the NFL. And, uh, you know, this is going to be an Ezekiel Elliott game. They need to win after coming off that loss to, at Seattle last week and get back to 500. You know, they're very bad feeling, you know, about how they played. Deservedly so. They made a lot of a lot of mistakes. This is the worst receiving crew in the NFL and maybe the worst in Cowboys history. When their best receiver is Tavon Austin, it certainly says a lot about that team. But, you know, I think I, look, they're without Sean Lee here. But, you know, I think Ezekiel Elliott will be enough for them to win. And they have big, big underrated corners there, you know, that I can think they hang with their their receivers. So uh, I think Dallas is going to win a lower scoring game here. And with the Lions, they've kind of been Jekyll and Hyde so far this year. We didn't talk much about DeAndre Hopkins, uh, but um, after after Michael Thomas and OBJ, he's he's the big ticket item at, um, you know, very, very expensive what what do you make of uh, of of him and his matchup against the Colts uh, this week? Seems like no matter who the quarterback is and who he's playing, you know he's going to get targeted. And he's been targeted eleven, eleven, and ten times so far this year. Yeah, he's going to get his, but I don't like him as a tournament play because the Colts that defense is underrated. Like I said, not only they got ten sacks, yeah, but which is fourth in the NFL. They haven't been giving up big plays on defense. So you could be looking at a game where he catches like 10 passes for 90 yards. I don't think there's upside there. Uh, you know, if anybody's going to get a big play, it's Will Fuller. I like him more as a seasonal play than a daily play. Interesting that you bring that up because a lot of people are high on him, and I see the projections are high on him, and people are expecting points in this game. I, I don't know. You look at this stat here, and you get the Texans are um, they're 9-3 and three to the under in their last 12 football games. And the Indianapolis Colts are actually 11-2 and two to the under in their last 13 football games. Yet, Andrew Luck didn't play last year. It was Jacoby Brissett, and Deshaun Watson was out. Yet, you know, these numbers don't lie. I mean, they're combined, uh, you know, well, they're combined um, 20 and 5. And they're combined last 25 games between, you know, these two teams playing other teams and around the league and each other. 20 of the 25 games have gone under the number. You sort of think of Houston as this juggernaut offense, but they're really not. And same with the Colts. The Colts, and I told people this, Scott, this Ballard general manager, no one really knows who he is, Chris Ballard. He was with the, the Chiefs for years. He's changing the mentality. Remember in the old days, the Colts, they'd just draft another wide receiver. Ah, let's take Philip Dorsett. Why not? Right? They'd always just draft <laughs> offensive players. It never worked. You know, they, they just stacked. They never, they were soft on defense. 
they're not great. You know, there's still their ways to go defensively, I think, in the secondary, but they're much more physical, Scott. You can tell. They draft nastier guys on defense. They're toughening up on defense. They really are. Yeah, they are. You know, and I think people are saying there's going to be a high-scoring game, you know, or looking at reputation, you know, more than what, what the Colts' defense is like played so far, you know, they were top 10 entering week two, entering week three. You know, they, they have some young guys that are playing really well. And this is the divisional game where neither team is playing well on offense. So I'm taking the under here, you know, and I'm not expecting a lot of fantasy points. The Colts have no running game to speak of, no receivers other than T.Y. Hilton. You know, maybe Eric Ebron could stack up a little bit. Uh, but then, then, then you look at Houston, and their running game is disgusting. Uh, the protection is disgusting. Uh, you know, that's hurt to Sean Watson, who has not shown that he can do what, like, like what Pat Mahomes is doing. Is like Pat Mahomes will force it and gun it, but he'll also take what a defense gives him at times. He, but he's looking for a deep. But you know, Deshaun Watson's looking like Michael Vick. Like Michael Vick just couldn't take what a defense gave him and couldn't p- complete a high percentage pass to save his life. Deshaun Watson is looking for the big play, and if he doesn't hit it, he he doesn't know what to do with the football. Yeah, yeah, and the regression here. I think Bill O'Brien. I think Bill O'Brien's done. My, I made a bold prediction earlier in the week. My bold prediction was that um, that they lose and that Bill O'Brien gets fired. A lot of people think it's a little too early for him to get fired. I don't think so. At 0-4 with the kind of talent that they have on this team, you know, I thought this team had a, a legitimate shot of making a deep playoff run. But, look, Dane Martinez was right about them. You know, they have a bad offensive line, and the secondary has been absolutely dis- disgusting as well. So, he, you know, if there's one guy I do like from this game, it's probably T.Y. Hilton. Not that he's going to hit anything deep, but, you know, he could take it 15 yards and catch and run and be gone. Yeah, yeah. All right, the king, Scott Engel, uh, with us. All right, so let's, let's get into some bets here and sort of, you know, for the guys going to be betting. It's going to be my last time. Until uh, we'll be on Saturday morning with Joe Lisi and Rich Sermonello at 10 a.m. Talking college uh, football. And I just got rattled a little bit, Scott. A little honesty. So I'm looking. And I, you know, my, I got my emails open because I got like a bunch of football information and everything. So I, I have an email here and it says, lying sack of shit. <laughs> right? <laughs> so I'm looking. I'm thinking, wow. And I sort of recognize the, the number. It's like sort of a phone number, like text. It was also texted. I sort of recognize the number, and I'm thinking, oh, yeah. what? I really just upset somebody. So I'm like, who is this? And then I realize, I'm thinking, I don't want to click this. Maybe it's just spam or something, but I double-checked. Is, he, is it your girlfriend? No, I, I double-checked. It's Mark Lawrence, a good friend of mine and a guest. So I'm thinking, what, is Mark mad? I used one of his stats or something? <laughs> like, what's that? Yeah. So... No, no, it's a video of uh, Kavanaugh and the Kavanaugh hearings. <laughs> <laughs> You're worried about that. You had something to do with sports, or you yeah, know, I'm like, oh man, someone's really mad at something. me here. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, some prediction that you made. That's you know, it's one of those fantasy experts. You know, get on the internet too. Oh, you know, you, you told said me to bet Jared Goff. Yeah, you said this would happen. What do you think of Galladay? Guy's guy's been a machine, trendy player this year, but. Thing with Galladay keeps delivering pretty much, Scott. And people, you know, the prices don't really go up too much in DFS either with him. 
Galladay, he could be so nice. Yes, <laughs> I, I like him a lot. Yes, uh, you know, this is one one of t- two teams in the NFC other than, uh, you know, three teams maybe other than the Packers and the Rams that have three viable fantasy wide receivers. You know, he's a, you know, they, they're calling him, I think, Minitron, like the next Megatron because, you know, he's a, he's a big play, you know, he's a big target, but he's also has quickness. He can score from anywhere on the field. You know, right now in my in-season ranks on rotoexperts.com, I am as a top 17 fantasy wide receiver, uh, you know, for right now in the near future. So I'm definitely impressed with him. You know, it's, uh, you know, he had the, you know, the year under his belt where, where he had some injuries here, but, uh, you know, this team wants to get more physical. They want to get more of a red zone presence. He is their red zone receiver. He's that big target that they've been looking for in the red zone. Bob Quinn has tried to GM, has tried to change basically, you know, the outlook of this team and, and what it is. You know, not only are they more physical running the ball, but they might want to be more physical in the passing game too. A game that we didn't talk about too much, the Buffalo Bills and the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers banged up. Randall Cobb banged up. I you know, Scott, I'm not even sure Rodgers is going to play here. Well, how have you approached this game this week? Are you just going to go sort of avoid the, this game and avoid the Packers? But, you know, like I said, he hasn't practiced. And I think I think it's been foolish. I don't think he should have played a week two. And then I think they sort of got stuck in this little trap of him playing. Well, he got through it, so let's get him through it again. I remember Rodgers even saying, if I play, it's going to get worse. But you know he wants to play and get out there. You know what? What do you, what do you make of uh, this game uh, against the Buffalo Bills? I think the Bills can hang around again. To be honest, I don't think they are. Uh, you know they're going to see Green Bay Packers hasn't blown anybody under- out this year, Scott. They didn't I blow know, Chicago out week but one. Footballs, footballs a game of emotion. When a team underperforms, especially with the talent of the Packers, at least on offense, they close the locker room doors and say it's us against the world. We're not going to let what happened to the Vikings happen to us last week. And this could be a blowout here. You know, it's a non-divisional game. And Aaron Rodgers, you listen to Dr. A on demand and Roto Experts in the morning, he said, you know, he can't re-injure it. But if somebody lands on him in the wrong way or he scrambles, he could be in a lot of trouble. But as long as he's in there, you know, I think you know, Randall Cobb is listed as questionable. Devontae Adams and Geronimo Allison is just going to be too much, I think, to handle. This team doesn't run the ball. Uh, you know, they're not good against the tight end, so Jimmy Graham's a good daily play uh, this week. I, I just I just think, you know, going into Lambeau for Josh Allen here, I, I know what he did last week. It was so impressive in Minnesota, but I, I can't weeks in a row. I, I would not be surprised if the Packers cover, and I know that's a large spread. It is, it is a big uh, number. So we blast through the games right now. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the Buffalo Bills here. I'm going to take a chance. I just don't trust Green Bay laying this type of Of course points. you are. <laughs> you, know, you know what, though, Scott? I, I'm, I'm such an idiot. I took the Bills in the first two weeks. I didn't bet the game last week, and now I'm jumping on the wagon again here. It's real smart, huh? Yeah, well, you were smarter than anybody last week, though. Oh, yeah. I didn't even see the game. It's like the first Bills game I haven't seen in like 20 years. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's like one of the most memorable. You know? I know, of course. Of course, nobody, of course. Nobody expected that. I'll never forget, and I'm such a big football fan. It's like, you know, I, I was I just fresh out of college, you know, for that Frank Wright comeback. Yeah, yeah. And I had hung out all the night before, and I like fell asleep when the Oilers were up. And I, like, <laughs> you woke up One after. of my biggest regrets, you know, that I woke up and like, you know, the Buffalo Bills had come back and won. You know, it's... Yeah, that was a big regret as a football fan. Um, Baltimore and Pittsburgh. We didn't really talk about this game too much. This is a fun game. The Sunday nighter. 
I brought it up. Baltimore 12 for 12 in the red zone, uh, Scott. Their offense has been pretty efficient. I think there's going to be some points put up on the board in this game. Over-under is 50. I'm betting the over here. Yeah, like I said, you know, the uh, the, uh, the Ravens have had the ninth-ranked pass offense. Uh, you know, the Steelers are playing at home, so they're certainly going to get hit there. It's, I think Baltimore's secondary is definitely going to be uh, tested in this game. But, you know, this game is dangerous, though, because it's a divisional game, and with some divisional games, you know, they, they could tend to be lower scoring than you might you might believe. I see a story here, Scott, that uh, Robert Woods' house got robbed last night during the game. And Yasil Puig got ripped off during the game the other night. It's pretty clear that people in L.A. are popping athletes as they play. And I never understood this. It's like, why doesn't, like, you know, you don't have anybody back there? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, if you got you Yasil Puig-type money, I don't yeah. know, when you're playing a game, hire security or get your cousin to hang out yeah. in the place and shoot someone yeah, if they come you on you your property. You don't hire a caretaker? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I imagine, listen, if you're an average guy, fine. But if you've got a, you know, you're Robert Woods, you got a $40 million contract. You got a million, yeah. multi-million dollar house. You've got to protect it, right? Yeah, you get these athletes who get all these people on their payroll for all these wacky things. You know, and then, you know, that's an important one. You know, to, It's always you know, inside to stay, jobs. Stay back stuff, and watch dude. the house. It's usually a buddy. Ah, yeah. oh, my cousin, my cousin's buddy is crackhead and knew about what, you know what I mean? It's, <laughs> like, look. Look at when the guy in the Giants, there was a dead body in his basement. Turned out his brother killed someone. You know what I mean? <laughs> it wasn't yeah, him, that, but, you know, it was just, his brother. That happened just recently. It was it was this season. Yeah, yeah, it was you know, this season. Like, so one, of, one of my family members, you know, who's into something bad. You know, it's something something's happened here. Yeah, my, my family members, they, most family members just leave the toilet seat up, Scott. You don't kill someone, leave them in the basement. <laughs> No, it's a, it's a very unusual kind of family, I guess. Yeah. Okay, Scott. So, hey, it was a pleasure. Uh, great, great stuff doing this show. I really appreciated you on uh, on short notice stepping up and in. One, I, I wanted to throw this out there. We didn't get to it earlier. Baker Mayfield. How do you think he's going to do on the road here? I I like him. It's it's a lot for him to go into a you know a hostile environment. You know the the fans are actually scarier than the team over the last two decades. You know, in the black hole, and uh, but you know, I like everything I see from him. he's for a young quarterback. Great mechanics, what a quick setup, what a quick release. Gets great zip on his passes, throws well on the run. But it's a tall order, and the Raiders are desperate for a victory here. So I think they'll actually cover the two and a half, but they'll still lose. They're going to lose by like, <laughs> like lose one by or two one. points. <laughs> They're going to lose by one or two points. They'll go back to being the Browns. But it was a pleasure to co-host with you, Gabe. Uh, I always, always would love to do it again. Always wanted to have that kind of opportunity. And like, look, David Wright's going to pinch hit tonight. So I had to come in and pinch hit. Exactly. We got, you know, sometime in studio will be better. We'll get to some live reaction. You, me, and Corey, we could really, uh, really go at it. But big fan of yours, Scott. It's always a pleasure, my man. Thanks for same kicking here. it with us, King. Same, same, same here, Gag. You know, we'll, Always love your stuff. Always make me laugh. I think the best line I've ever heard from you, though, is like, all Jet fans look like Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> true. I went to the Jets. I said, they're not bad. I said, I thought I'd get beat up or something. I said, they're all like Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> yeah. It, it's such an experience to go to a Jet game like if you're, if you're a preschooler because you can do remedial spelling exercises. <laughs> Have a good night. Enjoy the games tonight, Scott. All right, you too. Thanks to the boys uh, downstairs in Master Control. Amarensi Studio 34, Ronis and Scout Radio. Stepping up and in. We'll see you at 10 in the morning. College football today. 
college football bets. And then, of course, we kick it all day long, Sunday morning. Blew it, me and Corey.